Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, good afternoon. Let me be the, well, I would be the first if I got to break on time, uh, but I did not, so I'm not the first to tell you good afternoon, but um, I'm certainly not the last. But good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Nick Erie here, Corey Griswold hanging out with you. We've got two more hours of uh, of Sports Talk Saturday to go, and the halfway mark is coming up next at 1230 with Matt Verderam. Before Matt, we've got Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders, friend of the program, joins us now on West Her Hotline. Mike, good afternoon to you. Hope all is well. Hope the summer is treating you well. And uh, we're almost done with cram season, my friend, where we don't have to read any more draft guides and make any more draft guides in the case of your case, which I'm, I'm sure you just are, are loving at this point of the year. Don't you wish the draft were this weekend? Don't you wish we yes. were like in the middle of round four right yes. now? It feels like this should be the weekend. Um, and, and we really have started scraping the bottom of the barrel of the draft coverage this week. Oh, so, God. That's all right. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. One year they did it the first week of May. Oh, that's I in, right. I would be in tears if we had two or three more weeks of draft coverage to go through. That that was the worst year. And I think it was the year where there were no quarterbacks when, like, uh, uh, the, the offensive tackles went first. Eric Fisher and those guys oh, went God. first. It was brutal. Luke Jokel, that group. Luke Jokel. That is a name that uh, I, I certainly did not think was going to come up on this program, but uh, that's why I bring you on, man. That's You, you, you bring the absurdities uh, that, that we need to get us through this final week into the draft, and you're so right. Like, I, I will say the one thing about the NFL draft is I will, last year, I remember you know hosting round one coverage here at the station, and it was the fastest moving draft I can remember in a very, very long time. I'm hoping that is a similar scenario this year, because, uh, because Saturday is, like, ripping scabs off of your skin <laughs> I, I don't mind draft saturday itself when it's happening when because those picks do come in pretty quick especially after the start of the fourth round where they go and like they have the old alumni player sure or the woman standing on the corner yep. in winslow arizona for the cardinals picking all that goofy stuff but at least that moves i'm glad you're right last couple of years the first round has moved briskly there was less manufactured drama in it and let's do it like baseball. Let's really like, commit to the pitch clock here and commit, commit to that draft clock and get these picks in so we can talk about what happened, not what, what's about to happen. So before we uh, kind of dive into maybe some of your thoughts about where the bill should go, scenarios that you think are best and worst case, let's kind of talk about the, the national landscape. Let's start at number two, Houston. You're not buying the fact that this team's going to punt on taking a quarterback and playing Davis Mills again, right? I 
spy on anything wow. coming out of Houston wow. these days. And, you know, some of the stuff coming out about uh, C.J. Stroud, fairly or unfairly, I'm going to veer on the side of unfairly there. I think at the management level, they talked themselves into Bryce Young. Excuse me, the ownership level. They talked themselves into Bryce Young months ago. They didn't even think of the scenario that the team would jump over them for Bryce Young, which happened weeks ago. They did not pivot. They did not come up with a plan. Mm. They left their uh, general manager like uh, hanging in the hanging in the wind so much that he called uh, called the the Patriots and asked for his old job back somewhere along the way. <laughs> uh, so I believe it's possible. Now I think in the eleventh hour, someone's going to pound the table and say, "C.J. Stroud, please, oh please, oh please." But I can't count on that because the Texans have not run themselves as a professional organization in many years. It doesn't seem like it's really pivoting in the direction of professional not professionalism now, even with the kind of coach you would think could bring that professionalism. And, you know, listen, I mean, Nick, we've, we've known this for a long time about Patriots understudies and Bill Belichick understudies. And yet teams continually, year in and year out, bring in people that, you know, had really nothing to do with the success of the franchise and expect them to turn things around. And I think we're we're sort of there with the Nick Casero um, situation playing out there, but like there there's still a roster that is not particularly good. I did like the Dalton Schultz pickup. The, the that signing was probably the best pickup of the Nick Casero era. But mostly they just sign old veterans that no one else wants for a year, um, and they kind of kept that 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 sort of that scheme and theme going um, throughout this offseason. Like, even if they get a C.J. Stroud, even if they end up, let, let's say they, they shock the world and they go like Will Levis or something, which I, I guess maybe shouldn't be taken off the table. Um, where is that franchise now with D'Amico Ryans at, at coach? And, you know, like, let's just say it is just for the sake of best case scenario for them, I think from the outside looking in, is C.J. Stroud. Is that a team that is, you know, like competing in that division that is like going to be the worst in football again? And they'll be among the worst in football. I mean, what Casario does a good job of, like getting those one-year vets, that's kind of what he did in New England, too. He would bring these one-year vets in in the back, and Belichick would surround Brady with them, and it would be fine. you know. And now he kind of does the same thing, but he's not surrounding Brady with them. Right. He's surrounding Davis Mills with them. <laughs> um, you, you can look at it, and it, you put in a franchise-caliber quarterback, and let's put Stroud in there right now, and it's still a last-place team, but it's not a team that has zero direction, zero plan. Uh, because you can say D'Amico Ryans can bring professionalism to the table. Easterby is gone. Some of the other issues that they had at the front office level uh, seem like they could resolve themselves. They drafted okay last year. There's guys who I think can be NFL starters running around from last year. So it's, it's not a terrible situation. But if they're going to play this game where it's like, well, it's another reboot and we're going to wait another year and look for a quarterback, when you've got the number two pick in a draft where there's probably three right. guys who can be NFL starters at least and maybe Levis is four, maybe Hooker is five, if you punt on this, it's showing you that it's got an organizational rot still at the McNair family level. Yeah, and when you think about it from that perspective too, Mike, like what you, it's like they're trying to you're going to have to throw the season away because in order for them to be in a position to draft, you know, Drake May or like and and that's what you're doing, right? I mean, you're 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 going to try to to get one of the top two guys next year. But yeah. isn't that the position that you were in to start last year about this year is you felt like the top two guys in this draft and now you're in that position and you won the most meaningless football game of all time to put yourself in this position. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's it's a to to be a Houston Texans fan, I'm unsure how you do it, but right. it's I would guess it's a lot like watching Elon's rocket fall to the ground, right? 
<laughs> it's a lot like that, where you, it's just hope again. So think of what they've had to go through with Deshaun Watson. Think of what they had to go through with Bill O'Brien. Think of what they've had to go through with Jack Easterby. You're right. They're all clinging to their old J.J. Watt jerseys and hoping for someone to set them free here. And, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that, but the idea that you can say, hey, if everything goes really bad this year, we can have the second overall pick next year when that's where you're at right now. That is absolutely ludicrous. And one other element to this is if you punt on C.J. Stroud or you let the, the clock roll, you're just handing a potential franchise quarterback to the Indianapolis Colts. You could right. be handing one to the Tennessee Titans via trade if you say, well, these guys are all going to slide down. How, yes, well, that's Anderson, so right. We're going to let everybody slide down the road. You're letting the other teams in your division potentially get better while you sit around. It's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous as a strategy. If you're a Texans fan, you might say something along the lines of, this feels a lot like unexpected rapid disassembly, right? It's sort of just, that's, <laughs> that's sort of what it feels like. Um, <laughs> they Tenier. all lost their blue check marks this week, yeah. <laughs> Mike Tanier here on the West Her Hotline. We were just talking a little Houston. Let's talk about the rest of that division because obviously, like Jacksonville's not even fun anymore because they're kind of good and they've got a good quarterback yeah. and they've got a good offensive system and yeah, they're they're not even fun to make fun of anymore. So I guess we could do the rest of the division here. Um, you talk about the Colts; they're in kind of a weird position as well. They let Frank Reich, you know bounce over them and go get the guy that they're likely going to wish that they had. But is, do, do you feel like this is Anthony Richardson and Will Levis? And if you are Chris Ballard, what are you doing? I'm looking right now at the possibility of getting Richardson or Stroud. I cannot believe that no one is calling the Cardinals and saying, number three gets you a quarterback. Yeah, it gets you right. a non-Will Levis quarterback. Uh, and that's all it takes. Now, of course, you could be calling and the phone could be ringing off the hook in Arizona. That That is a dysfunctional organization. Yes, Nobody could be answering the phone there. But I would definitely be doing it. The idea that you're going to sit there at four and let this come to you, I'd be calling the Texans. Like, we'll help you out of this bind. You don't like these quarterbacks. We'll take, we'll take care of this for you. Now, maybe you don't want to trade within the division, but I would be doing any of those things. But, you know, Chris Ballard's different. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, Chris Ballard, I, I, I know inside that organization, they kind of believe in these cognitive tests. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, that could be in, entering into the minds of those guys. But he, you know he doesn't like to take the big risk. He doesn't like taking the big swing. That's how they got Carson Wentz. That's how they got Matt Ryan. It's like, oh, who's available that's going to be like the soft launch type of guy? They should be moving up to number two, number three. I don't know if they're going to do it because that's just too much of a big swing for quarterback for Chris Ballard. And then you you mentioned Tennessee. I, I think they make the most sense to move up because they feel like the perfect example of middle America, right? Like they are a roster not good enough to win and not bad enough to lose. And that puts you in a really, uh, you know, sort of imperfect situation to draft a quarterback next year. They still have Derrick Henry inexplicably. Um, they still have Ryan Tannehill inexplicably. And then they let go of all of their cornerstone players outside of Jeffrey Simmons. And now you're sort of wondering, like, where are they identity-wise? They, you know, listen. You could blame John Robinson all you want. I, I'm not sure it's his fault, um, but I, I, I wouldn't also say that you know he did a good job trading away AJ Brown. But at the same time, they go and get Traylon Burks, and they sold that as the solution. And then you know they fire him the next offseason. Like, wh- where are you? To, I guess what we're doing is we're talking about every dysfunctional franchise in the NFL in this conversation. But like yeah. Tennessee might be the most under the radar dysfunction. Yeah, because it's a small market. People don't talk about them. Derrick Henry's still there because there's no trade value for a guy with six million carries. You know, you you can't go to you can't go to the to the Tennessee newspapers and say, hey, we just traded 
uh, Derrick Henry for a sixth-round pick. Yeah, right. And not make it out of town. And, like, so no one would want to do that. But it, they should be rebuilding. And they're almost in the place where, like, a couple of years ago the Falcons were. And it's like, Falcons, you should be rebuilding, but Matt Ryan's going to cost you $60 million, so you have to keep him. And once you keep him, you might as well keep some of the other guys as well. So you're in this procrastination type of mode. Up and down that offense in Tennessee, it's not good. The offensive line has lost a lot of pieces along the way. It's yep. kind of thrown together right now. Receiving court will shock you at how, how thin it is. Uh, again, you, uh, Tannehill is on his last legs. The backup is Malik Willis. I love the idea of them trying to trade up. The higher you trade up, the more likely it is you're giving away a second-round pick yep. that you really can't afford to give up, or a next-year first-round pick that might be a piece of that rebuild. So you're kind of trapped in this nether world, and that's kind of where the Tennessee Titans are right now. And fortunately or unfortunately, Mike Vrabel's such a professional and such a sort of like the real Belichick kind of Belichick coach that he'll still manage to get eight or nine wins out of it, keeping them from going down there and stinking enough to get your, your Caleb Williamses or whoever. Yeah, I mean, they just they, they have Malik Willis, which is just the ideal Captain Tank man. I mean, like, tell me a better scenario than putting Malik Willis out there and letting Ryan Tannehill walk off into the distance and go sign with the New York Jets because they don't end up with Aaron Rodgers. That would really be, you know, the thing for me that I think would would bring the most amount of sense to to to, to the situation. Like, you drafted this guy last year, use him, tank with him, and get yourself in a position to get one of the top two guys next year. You see, one of the problems we have with this is when you start making the tank list. And let's assume that like teams are like, we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. We're going to tank. And say the Texans are going to go for it and tank. Well, the Buccaneers are going for it and tanking right now. I mean, you can kind of see that. What, Kyle yeah, Trask because- isn't, isn't really uh, isn't, isn't get- making you warm inside? <laughs> I am surprised that they did not trade the farm. I'm sorry that Mike Evans didn't gnaw his arm off to escape that I am as well. Situation. I am as well. The, com- the commanders have got the new owner in place now, and it's like, well, Sam Howell's our quarterback. That's fine, right? You don't want to put your eggs in the idea that you're going to go out there with your bad quarterback and stink. You will wind up picking sixth or seventh overall. Yeah, right. And you'll have just wasted a year and kind of wasted some of your credibility around the league and with your players if you try something like that. Definitely not something Mike Vrabel is uh, is hardwired to even attempt. Yeah, it, that's probably right. It just they're they're just they seem like such like in such a difficult position as a franchise, um, and that's really the worst. Middling in the NFL is way worse than being the worst team in the league. You'd rather be the way the worst team in the league. The league tilts the advantage to you getting better quicker when you're that bad. What it doesn't do is it does not reward mediocrity, and that's really where the Bills were for so many years. It's why they couldn't get out of this 17 year playoff rut was because they just were never good enough to get good players, and even when they were in position to take good players, they would. Take Take C.J. Spiller instead, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. E.J. Manuel. Yes, uh, yes. And, and, and the worst is expensive mediocrity. You know, that's what the Falcons found themselves in. That's what the Saints kind of find themselves in. They're trying to spend their way out of it. And that's where the Titans are, where it's like, okay, we're mediocre, but because we have these big, fat contracts, we can't do those trades. You can't just trade Tannehill because it's the last year of an expensive contract. Henry's got that big contract. You can't move him. So you want to cutting guys or you just, like, like sit on them. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, Kevin Byer is still a very good player. But, like, that's a guy who's like, well, we're rebuilding. Maybe we can move him. Maybe we can get a second-round pick. Nope. Yeah, he's on a pricey contact track. Teams are not going to, like, run to get him. So you can't even do that maneuver. So I saw you did a piece uh, about how you needed a dark, retru- a darkness retreat. Um, where, 
I, I keep seeing like, what do we see? Schefter talk about a soft deadline of the se- the second day of the draft to get a trade done. The, the more I I think I listen to people talk about the Rodgers and Jets and the Green Bay this trade that that's supposed to happen, the the dumber and dumber I think I feel because it almost feels like it's people it's it's like watching people spit into the wind, and there's really no. There, there's no logical reason that it, the the trade hasn't happened yet, other than the fact that the quarterback went on national tell or like on Pat McAfee's show to say, "Oh yeah, ninety percent." I was like ready to retire last week, but now eh, you know what? Now I'm going to play for the Jets. And like, if you're the Jets, you being they put themselves in the situation. Like they went all in on this guy, all in on the guy that went on TV and went on the most popular you know live broadcast podcast in the country to basically say yeah uh, i went to this darkness retreat and i was ready to go race you know mini cars or or, or mini boats on, on a pond but now i'm i'm ready to play football again come 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 get me new york jets and where do you stand on the leverage argument and before you even get into it i apologize for the multiple people that will say mike you're wrong it's the other team that has the leverage i've never seen team people argue more about leverage it's the worst thing i've ever seen it is and i, I could tell talking to these people like they've never bought a used car ever yeah you, you, you come come talk i'm a 52 year old man i've bought several cars i've bought a house Come talk to me. I've negotiated contracts. Come talk to me about leverage, okay? Some 23-year-old who's writing for a fantasy site. Come talk to me about leverage. And let's see who's got it. I'll, I'll tell you this. Leverage is sort of a state of mind and what you're willing to lose. It's not necessarily what you have, but what you're willing mm. to lose. Now, the Packers are not in a great place right now because they could lose tens of millions of dollars, the potential to get an early-round draft pick, et cetera, running the clock. If the Jets do not find a way to get a deal done, and they roll past the draft, and now they have to talk about 2024 draft picks and things like that, there is a chance that everyone gets fired. Yes. high chance that everyone gets fired because they're trying to get this done in July or they're starting the season with Zach Wilson, Mm -hmm. and and the ownership family and Woody Johnson are screaming in people's ears. So who's willing, you know, Mark Murphy will not get fired for this. Nope. Brian Gutenkos will not get fired for this. And LaFleur has already wiped his hands. They can kind of operate with that hit. The Jets can't operate without a quarterback. So really, the only reason the Packers wouldn't have li- uh, 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 leverage is if they're going to blink. Like, they're going to blink at this point and say, well, we don't want to spend this money. And there's no owner to scream at them. The owners That's are right. shareholders. Mm-hmm. Okay. That said, Jets fans in this echo chamber that they live in, with a lot of the media, uh, national media sort of being New York-centric, have talked themselves into thinking that it's going to be like a conditional seventh-round pick. Right. They, they, went, they went from, uh, we don't have to give up a first-round pick, to we don't have to give up one of our second-round picks, to you know, why don't we just hold them over the barrel? Because they have talked themselves into thinking that the Packers are this desperate team, and that's usually the sign of, Desperate people talking. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, well, they're, they're, and their point behind this, Mike, is, well, there's no way that they're going to let Aaron Rodgers show up to training camp. As if Aaron Rodgers would show up to training camp. Mm-hmm. He right. was 90% retired. He'll just right. retire. Right. He has never shown up to training camp. Right. You know, he's, and what do people really anticipate? He would, okay, say he walks around sneering at everybody. That's Packers training camp. Aaron Rodgers is walking around <laughs> sneering at everybody. Two years ago, he read a manifesto before he showed up slamming the coaching staff and the organization. Slamming them. So the idea, like, well, he's going to show everybody up. Whatever. They'll call his bluff on that. You're right. He'd do it. He'd do it for a day. He'd get bored. He'd start calling up. Hey, what game show can I host? That's how that would go. Okay. 
All that said, I think Shefty's right because there has to at least be that second-round pick this year moving. The Jets and Packers, the Jets can't go out there and, and pick in the second round. They no, they cannot. Because the moment they do that, it's over. I think this deal's going to get done 11th hour, 45 minutes before the draft, uh, round one on next Thursday. That's what I think is going to happen. Mike Tanier here on the Western Hotline. Uh, before I ask you a question or two about the Bills, I wanted to get your your, your kind of overall thoughts, because we haven't really had a chance to talk about this, you and I, Lamar Jackson. They go out and they, they sign Odell Beckham Jr. And whatever you believe Odell Beckham Jr. is at this point, he's not an $18 million receiver. I just I cannot believe that they gave him that kind of money. Um, and, you know, there's talk they might still be trying to go out and get uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, wh- where do you stand? I mean, this is this is a Todd Munkin offense now. It's not a it's not a Greg Roman offense anymore. So they, they, in theory, have two decent starting caliber receivers now, one they drafted and now Odell Beckham Jr. Where do you stand on where Lamar Jackson is, where he should be, and where he will be? Well, there were a lot of signs before OBJ, and, of course, you know, there's there are rumors that Lamar Jackson woo, helped woo OBJ. There was also a situation where Lamar Jackson's not an agent guy, the uh, the fake uh, Peloton salesman. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the the one that made the the radio uh, the, yeah. the, the the radio workout set. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and he went on some podcasts and said, "Hey, you know, Lamar really loves the Ravens." It sounds like there's a walk back on the Ravens part. There's now a Jalen Hurts contract out there that is a walk back, save face opportunity for both sides hmm. you know like oh lamar would be happy with like a, a, a jalen hurts type deal oh the ravens can make us a, a similar deal i think something like that's going to be in the works and i think it's going to be soon and you know and, and again lamar uh, obj is kind of like a peace offering sure along the way to, towards that so that's the way i think after all all of the chaos of this i think that's what's going to happen now uh can i guarantee it no but i i'm i personally am glad i didn't spend the last eight months jumping up and down screaming about how Lamar Jackson is going to be a member of Indianapolis Colts or the Falcons or whatever, because from jump street, something like this was bound to happen. Because again, we talk about leverage. Yep. You can, you can say Lamar Jackson has leverage. He has zero leverage. The rights to his services belong to the Baltimore Ravens and they were going to sit on him. Last thing I got for you, Mike, Bill's best case scenario. A lot of people here talking about linebacker. That's kind of the obvious glaring hole in the middle of this defense. Um, and maybe you can touch on whether you believe, like, there's this sentiment that the it, middle linebacker, Mike linebacker, in Sean McDermott's defense matters more than Mike linebacker in a lot of other defenses. And I, I don't know where I fall on that and whether or not that means the Bills should reach for a player um, like a Jack Campbell or, um, you know, a, a, a Saunders out of uh, out of Arkansas. But for me, I, like, I don't want to ignore defense, but I also recognize that at 59, they may not have a shot at one of these linebackers that, that are worthwhile. It sort of feels like they might be a little bit in a pickle if, if they're going to draft for need, which, say what you will, good teams end up having a draft for need. They do end up having a draft for need, although the Bills kind of do their own thing even at the bottom. I get the logic of the, the McDermott. Oh, he needs a Luke Keekley. That, that does make some kind of sense. I think these linebackers, I'm going to say Sanders out of Arkansas, Simpson out of Clemson, and Jack Campbell, are worth that late first-round pick. I think they are. I think that's a reasonable scenario. I could definitely see Trenton Simpson doing it. and That's a little bit irrelevant of the system because if you look at a guy like Fred Warner in San Francisco, demonstrating the value of saying, no, this Mike is so versatile, he can cover C.D. Lamb in a pinch. Like that sort of player, and I think Trenton Simpson certainly would be that kind of player, would be absolutely worth getting it. And You talk about best available athlete down where the Bills are, are drafting. 
it could be, you know, Sanders or uh, Campbell or uh, Simpson. It could be one of these 177-pound wide receivers yeah. who would probably help. But, like, how excited are you about that? And it could just be one of the 37 cornerbacks with a first-round grade. Now, all of those are potential wins. I think if you're looking for value for the Bills and you're sitting tight and you see a Sanders or a Simpson sitting there, I think you make that move because I think that's the immediate upgrade and, like, the best available athlete guy compared to somebody who, like a wide receiver who might have a question mark as to whether he's going to be able to stay healthy for 17 games. Yeah, and, you know, I also don't sleep on defensive tackle. This team does not have a defensive tackle under contract yeah. next year. You know, and, like, that... That's something, you know, and especially because of how much Brandon Bean cares about the defensive line. He just continues to sink assets into it. Um, I wouldn't also be surprised if they went that route as well. Um, Kansi could, could be sitting there, and that's a heck of a ball player. Um, you know, Kalaja Kansi out of yep. Pittsburgh. He's, he's not Aaron Donald, folks, but he's short. He played for Pitt, and he's kind of amazing. So, so he's, He reminds me of Ed Oliver. Better. Yeah, he might be a little bit of Ed Oliver with a little bit more of a – a uh, by-the-book personality and make sure. a more refined game at this point. Yeah, yeah. defensive tackle. I wouldn't sleep on it. Mike, thanks so much, my friend, as always. Hope you enjoy the draft next week, the uh, you know, the culmination of a lot of work hours, sweat, blood, tears, that whole thing. Uh, so we appreciate yeah. you, as always, coming on and sharing your insight. Uh, we, we do appreciate it over here, man. Always a pleasure. Take care and enjoy the draft. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.